Hello and welcome to Market Talks, a series of weekly podcasts produced by Argus discussing the main events impacting the commodities and energy sectors in Brazil and around the world. My name is Camila Dias, I'm Argus Brazil Country Manager, and in today's episode I talk to Alessandra Mello, Deputy Editor for the Argus Brazil Grains and Fertilizer publication, about the perspectives for the pulses market in Brazil, a group of leguminous crops that is increasingly demanded globally as a source of vegetable protein. Welcome, Alessandra. Thank you, Camila. I'm glad to be here. Alessandra, the pulses market, which comprises legume seeds such as dry beans, lentils and chickpeas, is becoming increasingly known worldwide and as a result is arousing interest among farmers and exporters. Could you explain how this market is behaving in Brazil and what are the reasons for this growth? Well, Camila, I recorded a podcast in Portuguese with one of the best experts of this subject, at least here in Brazil, Marcelo Liders. He is president of IBRAF, Brazilian Bean Institute. He told me that Brazil started to export a specific kind of beans, commonly known as cowpea, in 2006. There are two kinds of cowpeas, the black IP not to be confused with the pop band, <laughs> and the brown-eyed variety. Brazil was exporting the latter one. Brazil's approach to the market between 2006 and 2010 was a little uncertain. The country exported the beans on some years, but not on others, which is normal when developing a market, leaders said. But volumes started to grow in 2010 once Brazil started to export both varieties and reached 220,000 tons in 2021. Meanwhile, a very interesting trend arose in the global market in 2010 and 2011. The use of flowers made of beans, lentils, peas and chickpeas, according to the president of IBRAF. Those flowers at first served the celiac market, which caters to people who have intolerance to gluten. But later on, they became the first step towards protein isolation, that is the process of concentrating protein integral part of vegetable-based meats, which can replace beef, pork and chicken and have a very interesting growing market. So we can say that this higher demand for raw material for vegetable protein and vegan food is the main reason for the higher interest in the pulses market worldwide? Yes, definitely. As Brazil started to look at the international pulses market, some producers, exporters and brokers started to attend international food fairs. Then they realized how diverse beans can be and spotted an opportunity for Brazil, a continental country that can produce beans almost all year round in the most diverse conditions. Brazil is developing its research and trying out new bean varieties that serve the domestic market and several other countries. Therefore, the range of options began to increase the country took these steps towards diversification between 2010 and 2020 and found out that there is a large vegan and vegetarian market in the country. In fact, those two markets are responsible for 
20% of the Brazilian post consumption, according to Marcelo leaders. So we really can say that posts is an interesting market from the economic point of view and also socially, as it can be planted by small farmers. Alessandra, and who are currently the biggest post producers in the world and the biggest consumers? China, India and Myanmar are major producers. These large producers are also importers, especially India. China was not really a major importer, but in the last five years, it has been positioning itself as an import player rather than an export player. And there is Myanmar, which is a very important country, especially for India, because it supplies much of the Indian needs for beans and pulses in general. And then we would add some other countries with smaller volumes, but which are quite active in this context, such as Turkey and Vietnam, which sell to China. The U.S., a player that imports and exports, has also been increasing domestic consumption and has challenges for production as well. So it becomes part of this scenario too. But the country is better positioned as an importer and consumer. Another important piece of information is that China was a big player that exported to several countries, including Brazil, when we had supply difficulties. Now China is leaving the market and opening a great opportunity for other countries. And how much has Brazil already increased its post output and exports? Also, how large can production become as it focuses on the international market, Alessandra? Camila, Brazilian researchers are working very hard and the country's rural research agency, Embrapa, is developing different varieties of chickpeas, peas and lentils. As for beans, there are initiatives from Embrapa as well as other institutes in Paraná and São Paulo states. As Brazil realizes that it has conditions to produce lentils and chickpeas, no doubt it will gain new markets. But first, Marcelo Leaders believes that the country will produce enough to meet its import volumes. Brazil imports 30,000 tons per year of peas, mainly from Argentina. Brazil will be able to produce most of this volume in the next few years, and any eventual surpluses will be exported. This process will take a little longer for lentils, but chickpea production will increase soon, according to leaders. As for beans, production is actually decreasing, as it has a smaller planted area nowadays. Brazil used it to produce 3.2 million tons, but recently we have been producing between 2.8 and 2.9 million tons. But why did Brazil decrease its production? Well, first, because there is an overstimulation of other commodities like soybean and corn, which is a well-known trend occurring all over the world. But also because farmers produced a lot more carioca beans, which accounts for between 65-68% of the Brazil's total bean output. Carioca beans, albeit being the most consumed kind in Brazil, have no global market, so farmers realized that planting other beans would open up global markets for them. 
Therefore, they started to decrease production of carioca beans and began planting more other varieties. And one of the beans that has increased production is the kidney bean, much appreciated in the Indian market. Another is the large red bean, which is heavily consumed in Europe. Brazilian farmers began to understand that it was possible to produce three different kinds of beans here because there wouldn't be any surplus. Before, they were afraid that there would be surplus and that all the financial burden would fall on the farmer as they would have invested in the crops but would not have a market to sell. I see. If we consider all types of beans, how much does Brazil export and produce today and how much could it produce and export in the future? Brazil produces 2.9 million tons and imports between 80,000 tons and 100,000 tons. In 2021, there was a bigger surplus, so exports reached 200,000 tons, but exports fell to 120 thousand tons in 2022. And how about now in 2023? According to IBRAF, Brazil will consume 3.1 million tons of beans. Additionally, it can supply around 500,000 tons of beans to the global market. Brazil exported about 1.3% of all beans traded between countries last year. So if Brazil continues to invest in research, it can meet this demand. But for this to succeed, Brazil's private and public sectors both need to be willing to contribute. Ibrafi signed last year an agreement with Apex, the Brazilian government's export promotion agency, to promote beans and pulses. The project aims to show that Brazil is not only a big consumer of beans, but is also among the biggest producers. And as a producer, increasing 10% from 3 million tons is much easier than reaching 300,000 tons of production from 200,000 tons. That's what said Marcelo Leaders. Alessandra, how will Brazil achieve this increase? In terms of growth, leaders said that there is a possibility to increase the area of Brazil's third crop, which takes place in irrigated areas in the Cerrado region, in the country's center-west, making rational use of water resources. And he adds that these would be the most valued beans in the world, meaning they would go to markets such as Europe, which has a very high demand in terms of quality and traceability. The Cerrado region can meet all these criteria, according to leaders. Brazil also has an area that is left idle, the second crop, which does not receive irrigation. There are regions that have the capacity to produce as long as they are well-oriented. Let me take a quick detour to talk about an interesting curiosity regarding the mung bean, a variety used in salads as a bean sprout and the main ingredient in some dishes in other countries. The mung bean has a 65-day cycle and has been adapting nicely to Brazil. The research for this variety has only recently entered this market, but we have already been able to tropicalize these cultivars. Brazil 
still has low yields in some regions with small properties and less technology, while others show high productivity. This research on beans can help increase yields and bean output in the entire the country. Marcelo said that differences between regions have nothing to do with the climate of each area, but with the use of information, technology, seeds and management. So the use of research is much more important than an increase in planted area. Brazil's current planted areas are already enough to increase production and meet global demand. Excellent, Alessandra. To finish, I wanted to know from you if the growth of the post-market in Brazil and in the world will still depend on policies that will be adopted by countries. In Brazil, we had a recent change of federal administration, now more positioned towards the left. Will this help or hinder an export focus on the bean market? Well, Marcelo Leaders believes that it depends on what line the new administration will follow. It's necessary to know the government's strategies better. He said that the issue of public stocks, at least until today, has not worked in Brazil, a continental country that can respond to a production incentive in 60 or 90 days. So large stocks have not worked, he said. Ibraf is planning to meet the new secretaries and ministers related to the agriculture in Brasilia. Leaders mentioned that the group of companies led by him has more than 50 years of experience in the bean market and therefore has the expertise to know what works and what doesn't. They will ask the government to analyze this issue carefully, casting ideologies aside. They want to convince the new administration that Brazil has so much to gain from exporting beans. He also noted that Brazil will export when it generated surpluses, which are generated after meeting internal needs. Other countries' policies and strategies to meet their protein needs, as in the case of China and India, have a direct positive impact, according to Ibraf. Leaders said that he never found an action to reduce the consumption of pulses. Rather, all countries are favoring consumption as a matter of economic rationality and better use of natural resources. He says that 15 years ago, pulses were pointed as the food of the future. And now he would say that the future has arrived as we need more pulses to feed Brazil and the world. That's exactly what I was going to ask you to finish our talk, Alessandra. Are the recent Chinese and European policies more favorable or do they still bring risks to the post-market expansion? Marcelo Lider said that most policies are favorable and there is a global consumer that affects the policies all over the world. He said that before COVID pandemic, we already had a trend of more conscious people turning to more natural and less processed foods and beans were ready to meet this need. The chickpea, for example, does not depend on an industry to make it palatable for these consumers. Some countries want to decrease consumption of meat and increase post-consumption. That is such the case in China, which led this out in its 
strategic plan for 2021-25, according to leaders. He believes that to increase post availability, China will need to import more. He also mentioned that the U.S. per capita consumption is increasing because they are seeing that fast food is not well, not uh, healthy, and more natural food based on protein that is satisfying, such as pulses, can help people achieve a longer lifespan. So countries are turning to pulses either because of health recommendation or as a strategy to reduce the risk of mass hunger. Good. Thank you very much, Alessandra. These and other episodes of our podcast are available on the Argos website at www.argosmedia.com. Visit the page to follow the events that affect global commodity markets and understand their developments in Brazil and in Latin America. We'll be back soon with another edition of Market Talks. See you soon. <music>